Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's good to be back with all of our listeners again today to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, study a little bit further, learn a little bit more. Here in Search the Scriptures, we do exactly as the name suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We really teach God's Word. Now, I'm afraid in a whole lot of churches right now, there may be a Bible up there in the pulpit somewhere, and then maybe the preacher might hold it up or he might have it in front of him, but not much Scripture is taught, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that's the reality in a whole lot of churches right now. And that's unfortunate because where do we build faith? How do we build faith? except through God's Word. God's Word says, Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Well, here in Search the Scriptures, we want to help you grow in your faith. We teach God's Word. We dig deep. We look at it in depth and in detail. But we try to explain it in a way that's easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We encourage you to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 930, worship at 1030. Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And then in the middle of the week, good time to set aside our busy schedules, get our spiritual batteries recharged. Each Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Again, get to know us, worship God with us, study His Word with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's easy, take you maybe a minute, minute and a half. It's free. It always will be free. Now, we know people, they want to listen to this program, search the scriptures, but they can't always do it at the time that it airs, even though it's on several times every day. But See, when you sign up for a podcasting, you'll receive Search the Scriptures every single day, Monday through Friday, to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your phone, your computer, or whichever one. You, it'll be there, and so you can listen to it at your convenience, but you'll get a whole lot more Bible teaching. You'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and you'll receive what I really consider to be a jewel. It's a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. So we can work that into our busy schedules, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong in our faith, to stay focused on our relationship with God, to have a better mindset, to be able, more spiritual mindset, to be able to deal with life every day. We call that today's Bible class. Again, only about 13 minutes each day. But all of that, will be free, and it will automatically go to your phone or computer or whatever smart device you choose. So churchofchrist.com, sign up for our podcasting. We're going to finish up our study talking about a spiritual famine in the land. Now, this was really the true case for the 10 tribes of Israel to the north, which were referred to after the nation split in two as Israel, most of the time through the rest of the Old Testament scriptures. So they were supposed to be God's people. 
but they had gone so far away from God, they had become such worshipers of idols that in Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12, God told them through Amos, he said, there's going to come a time when I'm going to bring a famine upon the land. Not a famine of food, not a drought of water, but a famine of my word. There's going to come a time when you're going to be up against it. You're, it it's going to be dangerous for you. It's going to be treacherous. You're going to be facing disaster, and you're going to be looking for a word from me. You're going to be praying to me. You're going to be asking your prophets to call upon me for words of deliverance, how I'm going to deliver, your, deliver you from your enemies. And they're not going to hear a word back from me. I'm not going to give you any word. It's going to be a famine, a famine of, of my word. Well, at that time when God gave this prophecy to the Israelites through Amos, it was a time for Israel, those people, it was a time of peace. Their enemies had been defeated. It was a time of great military might. Their king had raised a large army. It was a time of abundant economic prosperity for the nation. So they found it easy to ignore God's prophecy. But within not very many generations, God's prophecy was fulfilled in exact detail. An enemy nation came against them, overran their land, conquered their land, slaughtered a great, much of the, a great many of the population, and took the survivors, for the most part, captive into foreign lands. And that, again, was an exact fulfillment of God's prophecy. In chapter 9, verses 9 and 10 of Amos, he went on and said, I'm going to sift you among the nations. Well, the people of Israel to the north, they were sifted among the foreign nations and they lost their, they, they lost their, their land and never returned, basically. They vanished as a people for the most part. Why? Because they had gone so far away from God. Now, we looked at a number of other Old Testament texts of Scripture that talked about the same kind of scenario. Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 25 and 26, Psalm 74, verses 9 through 11, Lamentations 2 and verse 9, Hosea 4, verses 1 and 6. And all of those talked about that kind of situation where God would let the people go into captivity. He, the prophets would call upon him. The people would pray to him. He would be silent because they had already moved so far away from him. They had already turned so far from faithfulness to God that he would let them wallow in the consequences of their unfaithfulness, of their ungodliness, of their wickedness and sin. Now, I made the point that when you put God's word out of your mind, you put God out of your mind. It's going to happen automatically. And the devil is automatically going to move in and fill the void. It's not something that can be you know, denied effectively. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The devil's going to fill the void. And when you put God's word out of your mind, 
you put God out of your mind, the devil's going to bring all kinds of wickedness and evil and sinfulness into your life and into the, into the reality, the, the, the conscience of a nation that does that. Israel had gotten to that point. Now, things, when Amos, you know, passed on this prophecy from God, they thought, hey, they, how can that happen? Things are hunky-dory. We've got this big army. Our enemies have been defeated. Look at the economic prosperity. Does that sound familiar to what we are looking at in our nation right now? But also at the reality that as a nation, we have moved so far away from God and the teachings and instructions in his word. But God did bring that punishment, that judgment upon Israel. God can do the same thing for us today. There are, there's a whole list of nations that were once mighty that did not walk with God as a nation, that are mighty nations no more. Let us not delude ourselves into thinking that our name could not be added to that list because it can be. We need to wake up. We have gone so far away from God that we are no longer, well, we can no longer be looked at. And I don't know that we ever could be in reality, but we could certainly be identified or, or were identified as a Christian nation. I don't know that that was ever an accurate identity, but let me tell you, uh, I don't think we can be so identified even in the loosest sense of the word right now. We're becoming more and more an agnostic, skeptic, even atheistic people. Now, I know those groups would make up the smaller minority of our population, but their numbers are growing. And even though most people would say, still, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, we are so lackadaisical in that faith or supposed faith that we're slipping farther and farther away from God and opening, opening the door more and more to our children and grandchildren becoming members of the skeptics and agnostics and atheists themselves. And how sad that would make us as parents and grandparents. We read through 2 Kings chapter 22, beginning with verse 8, describing the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel, that part of Israel to the south, those two tribes. Now, they stayed truer to God more often than did the ten tribes to the north where, to which Amos was prophesying. But they, they kept going back and forth like a teeter-totter, up and down, wishy-washy. They'd have a king come along, and he'd be a reforming king, and he'd re lead the people back into more faithfulness to God. But then another king would follow him who would lead them right back into the worship of idols that were so common and certainly had become the, the religious practice largely of the ten tribes to the north. But the two tribes of the south, they stayed in the practice of idolatry, the worship of idols themselves. Now, again, 
some reformation, then they go back into it, and maybe deeper than they were before. Well, here comes Josiah in 2 Kings chapter 22, and, and the high priest at that time, a man named Hilkiah, he's doing something in the temple, supposedly the temple of God, and, and he comes upon this book, and he says, I found a book. What is it? It's the book of the law of God. Now, he's the high priest, and he did not even know it existed. And so he gives it to a servant of the king. The king reads it. The, the servant reads it before the king. The king recognizes quickly what this is and how grievously astray the people had become, including himself. And so he tore his clothes in a statement, a gesture of repentance and grief. And he begins a mighty reform movement. But then after Josiah, another king comes along, and one after another, they, they lead the, the, the people again farther and farther into idolatry, the worship of idols. Proverbs chapter 40, 14 and verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We are a nation that is highly identified by wickedness and sinfulness. We see it all around us. There's no denying it. No denying it. It's everywhere. Now, what does that word reproach mean? Righteousness exalts a nation, but a sin is a reproach to any people. It means shame or disgrace. But unfortunately, I'm afraid that our culture right now... <laughs> They feel no shame in the sin that, that they're promoting. They feel no shame in the wickedness that, that they have, have promoted that is so commonplace in our nation as a culture today. No. They look at it as, as being good, and they will criticize and even punish people who dare to call it sin, wickedness. Look at what Romans, what, what the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, wrote about. He said, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now, did you get that? The wrath of God. We want God to be just a God of love and grace and mercy, but God is also a God of wrath. When people are living ungodly lives before him, contradicting his will for their lives in the way that they're living, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. We could call it judgment from God. He's a God of judgment as well as a God of forgiveness. All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Well, again, whenever somebody or whenever a nation turns away from God, sin 
becomes a part of their existence automatically. I'm not just talking about a smattering of sin. I'm talking about the sin takes over. Because God, you see, is the author of goodness and righteousness. So you remove him from the picture of your life, the devil moves in and brings sin and wickedness with him. So you become someone who can be characterized in your lifestyle by sin and wickedness. When a nation puts God out of their mindset, it becomes a wicked nation. We see wickedness all around us in our country today. Now, look further what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. What did he say to the nation of Israel in, in, in uh, Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12? I'm going to withhold my word from you. You've gone so far from me, you're going to, one day something's going to happen, I'm going to bring it upon you, and you're going to seek my deliverance, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to give you my word of deliverance. I'm not going to give you my word of encouragement because you've walked so far away from me. So Romans 1 verse 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. How is that described? Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. That was the worship of idols. Who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions even for even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Can you understand what is being described there? It's clear. And it's something that's being promoted and pushed as being righteous in our land right now. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, Violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Sound familiar to what we see in our land all around us right now? When we look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we want to read verses 9 through 12. And again, does this sound descriptive of what we see all around us right now in our land? The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth which, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. A whole lot of people, they don't want to, in our country right now, they don't want to hear about God. They don't want to hear about the Bible. They'll tell you so. Or they may walk away, leave you talking to the air. Or they may warn you not to say anything about those things because, you see, they don't want to think about how they're living their life. Deep down, most of them probably realize they're wrong in the way they're living, but they don't want their conscience to be bothered. They don't want to be inconvenienced with, have, with having to think about their unrighteousness. We turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to read there verses 18 and 19. And here the Apostle Paul wrote, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, remember where faith comes from, how it develops within a person through the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You don't read the Bible, you don't read God's Word, how are you going to know how to have faith in God? Why will you have faith in God? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. There are a lot of people out there who have very little, if any, conscience against the sinful things, the unrighteous, ungodly, wicked things, evil things that they do because they have just put God out of their mind. They put the Bible out of their mind. Militarily, economically, our nation is probably the mightiest nation on earth right now. But I would say that we're moving closer and closer into a spiritual famine. In fact, we might say we're already there to a great extent. More and more people are turning away from the guidance of God's word, and therefore they're turning away from God. Evil and wickedness are spreading throughout our land to a degree that we've never seen before in our lifetimes. History has a long list of once mighty nations that are mighty no more. We need to not be so arrogant as to think that we could not be added to that list if we continue to walk away from God by not paying heed to his word. You see, again, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach, a shame, a disgrace to any nation. And how sad that we have so many in our land right now. In fact, our cultural mindset does not even recognize the shamefulness of the wickedness, the sinfulness, the ungodliness in which we are living to such a great extent as a people. We'd like to help you learn more from God's Word. We'd be glad to send you a free Bible study through the mail. 
All you have to do is contact us. You can do that through our website, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, contact us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We'd love to hear from you, talk with you, even pray with you, study with you. We hope to see you soon. Let's pray. Father, guide us in your will. Guide us as a people so that we will not experience the full force of the destructiveness of being a nation in which we're engaged in spiritual famine. Please guide us to walk with you. Help us along this line, Father, please, we pray. Please give us your wisdom. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.